We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friends. I'm so honored to be connecting with you here today on Empower Radio. I have to say, one of my very favorite relationships right now that I'm cultivating is one with a horse. His name is Passer, and he's a big, beautiful paint. And I can't tell you why, but I love him with my whole heart. What I've been told from my guest today is that a horse can be our greatest teacher. They have no egos, they never lie, they're never wrong, and they manifest unparalleled compassion. And who could ever ask for more than that in any relationship? We're blessed to have with us here today internationally recognized natural horsemanship clinician, Tim Hayes. Tim facilitates clinics throughout the United States, Canada, Europe, and Mexico. He's contributing expert consultant and columnist for Equine Journal, Equus, and Horse Directory Magazine. Tim is also a visiting instructor at the University of Connecticut and the University of Vermont's Department of Animal Science. Additionally, Tim is the author of a really lovely, compelling, and very informative book entitled Riding Home, The Power of Horses to Heal. So, Tim, I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you here today. Hi, Tammy. I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you so much. So I'm reading your book, and it's transforming my relationship with my horse. I mean, I'm being transformed by virtue of the relationship with the horse, but your book is helping me take it to the next level. So can you just start out with telling me a little bit about your personal history and how this book came into being? Sure. Uh, It's actually quite an unusual story. I was born and raised in Greenwich Village, New York. (laughs) And I went into the film and television industry for many years, which I loved. When I was in my 40s, I ended up in Idaho visiting some friends where I met some ranchers, and they invited me to teach me how to work for them as a cowboy. And the thing I loved the most about it was horses. And from that moment on, I devoted my life to learning everything I could about horses. And since that time, it's just an an incredible journey from teaching people on how to have better relationships with horses to seeing how people start to learn about themselves with horses and more recently to see how horses today are doing amazing things in a therapeutic way with what they're calling equine therapy. Well, I found it interesting when I discovered that you actually have a degree in psychology and you were going to go into psychiatry. I thought that was fascinating. I, I, now- yeah, I, that was, I went to the University of Vermont and I wanted to be a psychiatrist and I discovered I was terrible at organic chemistry which made medical school uh, not a good option. And I wasn't accepted into graduate school because my grades weren't good enough. But what's happened, ironically, is I have learned more about psychology working with people and horses than I could ever have imagined. And horses are incredible therapists for people if you understand the dynamic between the relationship of the two. 
Yes, I believe that's true. And I feel that more profound and authentic emotional healing can occur by virtue of this relationship rather than maybe being a psychiatrist. So I want to commend you uh, for what you're doing. I think it's so profound. And your book, I understand, is one of the first, maybe only books that really go into the science of why horses have this power to heal us. It's fascinating, Tammy, um, because a lot of people for a number of years have been aware of what is referred to as equine therapy. It began 40 years ago as a physical rehabilitation for people with challenges like multiple sclerosis and polio, where the movement of the horse helped them recover. But what's happened more recently is people have been establishing relationships on the ground with horses, and it's made enormous uh, uh, progress in terms of healing emotional wounds. But nobody really ever said why that is. Why does a veteran who has post-traumatic stress disorder respond to a horse in a a more uh, positive way than they do to a human therapist that's trying to heal by talking? Why does a child with autism respond to a horse in a more effective healing way than they do talking to an occupational therapist or some other type of talk therapy. And what I discovered was that there's actually a reason for this that's inherent in the the natural characteristic of horses. And if you're ready, I'd love to tell you what that is. (laughs) I would love to. I want to know more. Keep going. (laughs) Okay. Horses are amazing animals in many ways. Most animals have all kinds of wonderful characteristics that are unique to them. Every animal, and we're, we're an animal, has a way of communicating. We are verbal animals. Horses are nonverbal animals. And the big difference between humans and horses is that humans are known as predators. We kill things. We eat meat. Horses are what's known as prey animals. They do not kill anything, and they're vegetarians. So in order to survive, they needed to have a way of surviving that didn't rely on killing and fighting. And what that turned out to be was being fast and powerful and terrific at escaping and running away. And if you've ever gone out to catch a horse who doesn't want to be caught, you know what that's like. They're, very, they're impossible to catch if they don't want to be caught. Now, what happened to me is I started to notice that horses had two distinct characteristics that enabled them to have the transforming effect with a person, especially a person who has emotional wounds. One is called hypervigilance. Hypervigilance means that they are constantly on alert 24-7. They have to be to make sure that they're not trapped or uh, get eaten by a predator like a mountain lion or a bear or a wolf. So they have superhuman senses. They have incredible hearing, incredible smell, incredible sight. And very, very much different than humans, which allows them to see vast expanses and hear things that we can't hear 
and, and smell things that we can smell. And they're always looking to survive and get ready to run away if they have to. Mm-hmm. Now, what's fascinating about that is a soldier who experiences the trauma of being in war and develops post-traumatic stress disorder becomes hypervigilant. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same thing. And when that soldier meets a horse, he can actually sense the hypervigilance in the horse because it's in himself. Mm-hmm. So he's and mirroring. the horse, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm sorry? So he's mirroring it. The horse mirrors that. They, mirroring they sense that it, relatedness. Right. Mm-hmm. And the horse can also see it in the soldier. Mm-hmm. And what I've discovered is that the most powerful motivator for all human beings and all uh, species of animal is we are attracted to what is familiar. Mm-hmm. So when a horse sees a soldier, it's familiar in the hypervigilance, and when the soldier sees the horse, is attractive. And there is a nonverbal feeling of comfort that occurs, like, oh, I understand this other being, and mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. So hypervigilance becomes a very, very big contributor to why people who are wounded are able to be attracted to horses. The other categories are also with children with autism. Mm-hmm. Children with autism have what um, Temple Grandin, who's uh, someone who's uh, an expert in animals and autism, calls hyper-specific. And it's identical to being hypervigilant. They're much more aware of differences than they are of similarities. And when a child with autism gets with a horse, the horse says, I can see this little person is very, very hyper-vigilant. And the little kid sees the horse, and they can see that, oh, that horse reminds me of me. And that is such a powerful thing in terms of having someone feel good about a relationship, especially, you know, if it's a human, but so amazingly when it's a horse. Should I continue? Yes. I mean, what you're saying really resonates for me because I I say this. It's about relatedness. My show's about relationship, but it's about relatedness. It's about connection. So that's what I hear you talking about. And yes, I want to hear more. (laughs) Yes, because I I just can get going. Uh, So we have hypervigilance. And then the secondary factor is what I call uh, perfect, uh, textbook perfect social skills. Horses survive by living in herds and being able to run away from predators. In order to live in the herd, just like learning your place in an office situation, horses have to discover who's in charge, who's the president, who's the leader. In a herd, it's referred to as the alpha horse. The way they do that is by playing what we call dominance games. Whoever can control the other horse's movement becomes the leader. And if you've ever watched horses play in a field, you'll see that they actually kick each other sometimes or, uh, or bite each other or chase each other. They're working out who the leader is. And once the leader is picked, they have to get along because they can't continue to be challenged each other and stay together. 
So they go immediately from being very dominant to being very passive and really having fabulous ways of getting along. What are the things that we all need, whether it's humans or horses, to get along? We need acceptance. We need kindness. We need tolerance. We need forgiveness. And we need compassion. Horses are black belts. <laughs> and when you get with a horse and they see that you're not going to hurt them or threaten them or eat them, you start to experience this incredible love and this incredible acceptance from the horse who then becomes curious and says, hey, I wonder what you smell like. I wonder what you you feel like, and you start to have this relationship. And what happens is, especially for soldiers and children with autism, this is what's so moving. Soldiers who've been at war very often are riddled with shame and guilt for things they've done and things they've seen. And when they come back, it's very hard to start to feel comfortable with their family and with the therapist, the regular therapist, because they don't feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. When they get with a horse and the horse starts to feel safe and relates to them, the horse doesn't see anything that the soldier has done or the soldier has seen. He just sees the person. And that acceptance is maybe the first time since they've come home where they start to feel like, I'm not such a bad person. Mm -hmm. And that is so powerful because then that healing can then lead them into getting into regular therapy with a person. But mm -hmm. they can't even touch that until they start to have that sense of themselves. And in autism, and this is a fascinating part about what I learned, children who have autism, it's an incredible challenge, not just to the children, but especially to their parents. Because the parents miss out on that relationship. Very often kids with autism can't speak, they can't express affection. And try raising a child and not having your child give back love to you, it can be very challenging. And of course, most parents would like their children to be happy and to try to overcome some of the challenges of autism. But what is the child Feel. The child feels, you want me to be different. You want me to change. Maybe the way I am with autism isn't really acceptable. And they can't say that, but it might be felt. When a child gets with a horse and the horse sees that they're very much like themselves because they're both hypervigilant, the horse starts to be interested in the child. The horse starts to accept the child exactly as they is. And a horse does not see an autistic child. The horse sees a child. And the healing begins. Mm -hmm. So those are the two most uh, amazing attributes that I've discovered in the natural DNA of horses that they're hardwired with for survival that ironically end up being powerful healing nonverbal tools to mm -hmm. help people with their emotional wounds. Mm. It's so incredible. And then I would imagine 
as this occurs between the horse and the human, be it the veteran or the child, then they can take what they've learned into other human relationships. That's exactly what has happened. In my book, I interviewed a number of veterans who had been at war and had PTSD and a number of uh, parents who had autistic children. And every one of them said, Tammy, what you just said, that began a healing that up until that point had been unable to be achieved. The little girl that I was talking to her parents who started to relate to the horses all of a sudden started taking an interest in the other little kids who were with the horses, whereas she could never relate to other kids her own age before. Mm -hmm. And the soldiers who started to heal by having a relationship with the horses, all of a sudden their marriages got better. All of a sudden their relationships at work improved. It's so powerful, and so few people know about it. That's why I wanted to put it all down in a book. And I so appreciate it. I I feel animals, for me, um, have been so easy. Humans have been a bit of an acquired taste, but now that I've done my own healing work, I love humans, and now one of my intentions is to bring people, and primarily horses, but maybe other animals, together. I feel like that brings things kind of full circle, and I see that's what you're doing as well. It, it is, and, and it's, again, something I never planned on doing. I, mm-hmm. I never had, it just evolved, and it started helping people who own horses become better riders. I mean, people mm-hmm. would call me, and they'd say, my horse bucks, or my horse kicks, or, you know, and I'd come, and I'd say, well, let's start relating to them on the ground before you right. get on their back. It, it's a little late to get on their back and find out your horse doesn't like you, you know, so. <laughs> it could be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it's dangerous. So we started to do that, and I started to discover this incredible similarity between the people and the horses they own. Everybody that I've ever worked with has chosen a horse that is very, very much like their own personality. Again, yeah. it's that unconscious nonverbal attraction to what is familiar. Mm-hmm. I used to take people out for rides at a big ranch, and uh, the other uh, trail guides that were there would all have their their favorite horse. And I remember this one woman had this horse that was wild. Used to love to buck, and I think she got came off a few times. And I said to her one day, Kathy, why do you pick that horse all the time? And she says, Well, I love him. I said, Well. Why? And she said, well, it's just like me. <laughs> and Kathy was a very wild person. <laughs> so it's, that is it's fascinating. Funny. I'm sorry? That is funny. I would think I would want to get a different horse if that was my reality, but it seemed to work for her because it was they had parallel um, characteristics, I suppose. Exactly. We're attracted to what is familiar. And I found, you know, there's a chapter in my book all about my horse, Austin who I've had now for 17 years. And uh, I was attracted to him for exactly the same reason. Although at the time, this is many years ago, I I didn't realize it. I only realized it much later when I started to teach and discover uh, all this knowledge. Yeah, that's interesting. And I know you write about when people come to you, you say, pick out whatever horse you want. And you find it always works out where they're 
perfectly matched. And it's an intuitive process. And what that does is it helps me help the person be better with horses because I know the horses, the people don't. They choose a horse to work with. And the moment they choose the horse, they've told me something about themselves because I know the horse. And I know that whatever is going to be something that they need to work on to be better in themselves is already the same thing that the horse has. And I can point that out to people and give them insights. You know, the first time I ever saw this was years ago where I was in this program and someone said, why don't you go pick up the horse's feet? And the woman didn't know anything about horses and the horse wouldn't let her pick up his feet. She started to cry. And the counselor said, what's the problem? And she says, well, I can't do it. I feel like a failure. And he said, have you ever done it before? And she said, no. And he said, well, how would you know how to do it then? I don't know. She said, well, why didn't you ask me for help? And she said, I never ask anybody for help. It's too embarrassing. And all of a sudden she realized that she had shortchanged herself in her social and her business lives for, for a very, very long time by never being able to ask for help. And that took place in 45 seconds. Wow. I know that you say horses help us discover hidden parts of ourselves. And they also enable us to touch an unconscious inner emotional need. Horses, for most people who like them, make people feel good. You don't even have to want to be with horses, but if you're driving down the road with your family and dad says, hey, look at the horses out there, people love looking at them. They're beautiful, they're fun, they run, Mm -hmm. they play, and they're fabulous. So they initially make a person feel good. If you start to have a relationship with one and you start to experience what you and I are talking about right now, you start to feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's totally different than any other animal. You know, if you're with a dog, a dog will give you love and affection right from the beginning without any establishment of, uh, of a relationship. You know, they'll, they'll come up to a stranger and lick you and wag their tail, even if, you know, they don't know any. A horse won't do that. A horse won't come up to you unless they feel safe, trusting, and feel good about you. Yeah, it so seems to take a bit more time. I'm sorry? It seems to take a little bit more time to cultivate that relationship. Yes, yes, because it's more intimate and it's more real. It does, it does feel that way. It does seem to go deeper. And I like how you talk about, I didn't know this, but you said 90% of the people that own horses are women. And it's interesting how it brings out um, certain qualities in women. Horses bring out certain qualities in men. And, and both these situations make us feel better about ourselves, make us more masculine or bring us more into balance with um, our tendencies. I, I thought that was fascinating. Thank you. I, I, I was fascinated with the two because when I first started working years ago with people and horses, very quickly I said, gee, 90% of everybody that calls me for help is a woman. What's up with that? And there's a whole chapter in the book called um, What Attracts Us to Horses where I finally discovered after many, many years 
the difference between the attraction for men, for women, and how it breaks down, and why it breaks down. And uh, it's a very, very, it's, it's a lot of stuff, probably too much to go into today, but it is fascinating when you discover why 90% of the people that are with horses today are women. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, Tim, we don't have that much time together. I wish I, I had you on for longer, um, but can you do a shout out and let people know where they can get a copy of your book or connect with you? I guess, Tammy, the easiest place, the name of the book is Riding Home. And I have a total website devoted to telling about the book, telling you where you can get a copy and how to get in touch with me. And it's called ridinghome.com. So beautiful. I just have a quick quote here. Horses have supported, this is from your book, horses have Mm -hmm. supported and contributed to the survival of humans more than any other animal. And today, when war, addictions, shattered family, and technological advancements all conspire to depersonalize 21st century humans, the horse yet again comes to our rescue. This remarkable creature cannot only continue to serve humanity, but help heal our wounded, remind us of our connectedness to each other, and ground us with our love for ourselves and for all living things. So beautiful. Did I write that? You did. It gives me goosebumps. Wow. <laughs> you are. You're amazing. <laughs> you're amazing, Tim. Such a sweet soul. Such a heart-based oh, man. I want you back on here. On the There's so much so more many I want to talk about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're amazing. <laughs> to my listeners, you're amazing too. I would love to hear from you. Connect with me at TammyBPhD.com. That's spelled with an I. I would love to hear your thoughts, ideas, questions. Know that I'm sending you blessings. I know Tim is too. Get in touch with us and know that we're holding you in our hearts as we ascend onward and upward. Take good care of yourself. Hope to connect again soon. Bye for now.